welcome to Shady, the show that brings you entertaining stories of crimes and criminals while having some fun along the way. Today is definitely an exception to the fun part. We are going to be doing an episode that features much more uh, serious and disturbing topics such as murder, and so if that is uh, bothersome to you, please do not listen to this. This episode is definitely not intended for all audiences, whereas almost every other episode is totally safe for you uh, to listen to joyfully, gleefully, and oddly. Uh, But this episode will be a little serious, so if that is not for you, please turn it off now. You have been warned. Thank you. Now we'll be quoting from mercurynews.com. We go to Marina. It's a small coastal community just north of Monterey in California. This is Deputy District Attorney Suleiman Taki. He says that he couldn't recall any similar cases in recent history. And here's a quote. You try to explain to a jury, or really anybody, how a person could take another person's life simply for the enjoyment or experience of taking another person's life, he said. And it's something I don't think us as normal people, people who use logic, people who have empathy in our hearts, can understand. So we go back to December 12th, 2015. A hiker's dog finds the body of Francisco Aguillo off a trail about a quarter mile from the end of Dunes Drive and Marina. The victim had been shot, stabbed, severely beaten, and burned. The victim's truck was found the same day in Chualar. After the Marina Police Department and the Sheriff's Office started an investigation, an autopsy conducted by Venus Azar of the County Coroner's Office found all of the injuries outside of the burns took place while the victim was still alive. Marina Police Detective Oliver Minig authored search warrants to gather information from the victim's email and phone records. The detective searched data relating to cell phone towers, phone calls, email accounts, Craigslist information, and enlisted the help of the Peninsula Regional Violence and Narcotics Team and Western Regional Information Network, a multi-state agency that facilitates electronic information sharing and data analysis. Minig discovered the victim responded to a Craigslist personal ad for Man Seeking Man, posted by the accused on December 10th, 2015. Email records showed the victim, who had met the accused about three times prior, agreed to meet him at a supermarket in Marina that day. The accused's last email indicated he was on his way from his girlfriend's home blocks away from the store. Surveillance images showed the victim's truck arriving around 11.30 a.m., matching cell phone tower records. The victim's cell phone was used again at 1.30 p.m., 
when it was used to call Petty's friend, Scotty Johnson, in Salinas. Petty is the name of the accused. And so after the victim had been murdered, he then uses the cell phone to call his friend, Scotty Johnson, in Salinas. Apparently to help move, transport the body of Agio. Police were arrested Petty on December 21st. And that's just 11 days after the murder. And during the interview, Petty claimed initially that he had met the victim for sex before parting ways. However, during the interview, Petty admitted to killing Agio, but for a shocking reason. Johnson, the friend, 20 years old, pleaded guilty to being an accessory after the fact to the murder and vehicle theft. The evidence didn't support that he either had knowledge of the killing prior to the killing or that he was even present at the time of the killing. When this 23-year-old Daniel Lorenzo Petty finally confessed to the murder and confessed to police why he had decided to kill this other man. This person who was convicted first-degree murder with enhancements for torture, lying in wait after he met his victim through a Craigslist personal ad, and then proceeded to shoot, stab, and club the 52-year-old man to death. He told police he did it because he wanted to see what it felt like to kill a person. think of horrible and senseless acts you think of unexpected acts like this couple that have been married for 20 years they were celebrating their anniversary celebrating the successful raising of three daughters. They were in Anchorage, Alaska on a Alaskan cruise. A neighbor that was questioned that had been very close with the family and had lived with them for over 10 years is quoted as saying, Everybody thinks that there's a big path that leads to something like this. And absolutely nothing. Just absolutely nothing. This couple from Utah, celebrating their anniversary, known 
to be high school sweethearts, sweethearts married uh, in excess of 20 years. We're celebrating with a week-long cruise in Alaska. The wife was found dead in her cabin just two nights into the trip and her husband charged with the murder after he was discovered with blood on his hands and clothes and blood was spread throughout their cabin on the princess cruise ship members of the victim's family Christy Manzanares were obviously devastated issued a statement from their loved ones that said that she was a devoted mother daughter, sister, and friend and say that even in hindsight there was never any warning signs the police have no records of ever visiting that home and the neighbors viewed them as being the perfect family. The FBI said uh, a man who they have not disclosed the identity of had gone into the couple's room before the medical workers and security officers arrived and saw Christy, the victim, on the floor covered in blood. She had a severe head wound. They will not release other details. When the husband, Kenneth Manzanares, was asked what happened, he simply responded by saying, she would not stop laughing at me. And now we end today's show with a cold case that has been solved after 25 years. Go to East Las Vegas and the victim, Carol Bishop, worked at a 7-Eleven on Maryland Parkway near Tropicana Avenue and lived in a house a few blocks away. On the morning of November 11, 1991, Bishop failed to show up for work. Her boss called and then came to her home to check on her. After knocking on the door, he went inside, found her lying on the bedroom floor, dead. Investigators scoured the crime scene and collected fingerprints, including finger fingerprints from a statue that had been used to bash Bishop's head. She had also been stabbed multiple times. The only witness was a pizza delivery man that saw Bishop in her home with a guest prior to the murder. The crime scene suggests there were two people here eating pizza and drinking, the detective said. The pizza man saw a guy in the door when he delivered the pizza. 
the fingerprint system in 1991 wasn't as integrated as it is today. Prints from inside the home were checked back then, but no match was found. The detective says they worked on cold cases for many, many years and were unable to make anything of it. There have been different teams of detectives that have worked through, and finally, they narrowed it down to a certain fingerprint and were able last year in 2016 to finally get a hit. This is detectives, retired detectives, Hefner and O'Kelly. They take the physical evidence and that led them to a suspect named Dale Bryant, who served time in Idaho for rape and burglary. He was arrested in Las Vegas as far back as 1981, escaped, and then robbed and stabbed a local woman. In 1987, he got out. Yeah, he timed out. That's when he has served his his maximum amount of time in prison, so he timed out. Three days later, he's right back in jail. He's registered as an ex-felon, and he was in jail until this murder, after which he fled the state. Three months after fleeing Nevada and this murder, he kills another woman in Arkansas and was captured and convicted. In late May, Hefner and O'Kelly flew to Little Rock, Arkansas to interview Bryant in prison. He eventually told them that he could not remember the events because he was a heavy drinker back then. He doesn't say anything for several minutes, the detectives say. Dean and I are sitting there and waiting, and he finally tells us, I'm not going to give you a statement, but I did it. Hefner says Bryant and his victim lived near each other, frequented local bars, and were drinkers. And it's not clear what set him off that day. But based on Bryant's history, he had a serious problem with booze and women. The detective said she died a violent, tragic death for no reason. So that does it for this episode of uh, the extra dark episode of Shady. Hopefully you all enjoyed it if you did stick around and hopefully you didn't stick around uh, if that was disturbing to you because then you'll have some uh, nightmares and that's no good. Uh, check us out. We're going to continue on with more of our fun episodes and get my co-host back in here. Uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll actually be releasing a, another episode very, very soon that'll have a little more uh, fun stories and interesting stories. Let me know what you think about the current. I know it was my first attempt and it was very 
uh, sloppy. But let me know. Let me know what the uh, if these stories interest you. These more serious ones involving the the murders and the murder cases and those kind of details. And just give me a some input over on the Anchor app, or leave me a review on uh, iTunes, Google Play, all over the place. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at c o e e r i c. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your time that you have uh, spent listening uh, to something that I've made. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you.